Hi, and welcome back to Foreign Office. I'm Michael Weiss, Director of Special Investigations at the Free Russia Foundation and News Director at New Lines Magazine. Uh, I'm joined now live from Kyiv uh, by uh, Pablo Kalyuk, who is uh, the community organizer of Badil in uh, Kyiv. Uh, it's one of the most uh, famous neighborhoods in the capital of Ukraine. Uh, Pablo, thank you so much for um, joining us. I know things are intense and you're very busy at the moment. Can you please uh, just start by describing the situation this evening in Kyiv? I mean, it, it seems to me that um, it's a bit calmer than it had been in, in previous days, but everyone is still hunkered down and preparing for a, a fresh Russian onslaught. Yeah, so I can uh, say only about my neighborhood and maybe my district uh, because I'm like very focused on what is going on here and we try to improve situation here. Like uh, we are creating some uh, defensive stuff, uh, like from uh, metal, uh, some like uh, tire pooper, like pop, like poopers, right? Mm -hmm. Or anti-tank stuff and uh, Molotov cocktails also provide uh, locals with uh, food, medicals, and uh, help some people to find their ways to evacuate. Uh, but yeah, today was a day calmer, maybe most calm day for all time of, of, of uh, invasion. Uh, but this night we are expecting like uh, much more uh, intense uh, offensive uh, actions from Russians. Yeah. And do, do you, I mean, there have been images of people loading up onto train cars, trying to flee Kyiv, uh, a lot of evacuations of civilians, but it also seems to be the case, correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of people have stayed behind to defend the city. I mean, you mentioned Molotov cocktails. Sure. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, how, what would you say the percentage of people who, who have remained in Kyiv is from the pre-war population? Like, really, it's very hard to measure. Mm. Uh, I don't want, you know, to, to, to lie but but you know sense of community i suppose it's even stronger as it's it's used to be before invasion yeah because the solidarity is that how people help each other they how they willing you know to find a way to be useful for their community for their like city for their like country it's uh i suppose uh, it's it's never been such like big uh uprising of spirit let's say right it, uh, like current days nowadays and and the people so, who have so remained if, if, if talking about like feeling it it's it's 300 yeah yeah <laughs> and and the people who have remained i mean they all seem to be committed to defend the city to fight if if necessary right i mean do you yourself do you have weapons have you, have you armed yourself for sure. For sure. yeah yeah for sure, and, but nowadays we are, we are focused on on defense, which uh, we, we it's like at least like which which we can, what we can uh, improve with uh, like civilians like like uh, like me. Yeah, we just uh, uh, creating some chains of uh, of of uh, supply for uh, the defense the territorial defense. Uh, squads with uh, some additional protection with logistics with uh, like you know sand uh, uh, all that stuff from iron and etc yeah. etc et and i mean would you say i mean i have two reporters in kiev uh, john sweeney and oz katerji who tell me that um, everywhere you look people have got these western anti-tank systems and laws from the uk or javelin Missiles. I mean, it seems that any occupying force that tries to roll in, tanks coming down Kreshatik, are going to be met with 
heavy duty firepower that we've seen elsewhere in, in the war, elsewhere in, in Ukrainian territory, um, Russian metal turned into scrap, basically. Um, would you say that, that the Russians are, if they do try to penetrate the city, are going to be in for a big surprise given the defenses that have held up so far? I suppose it will be super huge resistance, yeah, as much as possible. I suppose like uh, local community and like events will stay until last man or woman will will fall. Yeah. And I mean, the uh, the government is still obviously intact. President Zelensky, his war cabinet are in Kiev at the moment. Uh, they're giving nightly updates, press conferences, addresses. Can you talk about, I mean, in the West, a lot of people are watching your president um, with a great deal of inspiration and and awe that this man has remained in the city under bombardment and 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 you know that is being besieged. Um, have Ukrainians rallied around the president as well? Have they now you know remember I, when I was there just a few weeks ago, his poll numbers were below thirty percent. Now it seems like upwards of ninety percent of Ukrainians support Zelensky. Would you say that that's a fair reading of of the political situation? For sure, for sure, one hundred percent that it's true because uh, you know we are now in uh, we are united like uh, as, as as never before uh, because we have like uh, you know we have uh, uh, we we have a leader we, our president at least he was you know he was elected on a fair elections and now he is still like. Uh, if we are we are, if you are talking we, we can you know have the different like opinions about internal politics yeah but we if we are talking about like foreign policy foreign affairs we have like our like legit leader yeah and and he shows you know his character i was not expecting i i didn't vote for him in in uh, uh 2019 you know yeah. So I'm very surprised in a good way. Uh, but even before, I, I uh, was um, quite uh, like very good opinion about like our ministers of, of uh, foreign affairs and uh, of defense. So it was a good sign for me that uh, when he put in position uh, Dmitro Kuleba on uh, on position of uh, minister of foreign affairs, yeah. I was sure that it will be pro Western and pro NATO. Stop. Which, I mean, your foreign minister has been very front-footed on, on everything. I mean, even his social media game on Twitter, um, speaking in fluent, perfect English, making demands, calling for uh, everything from greater NATO support to a no-fly zone to now. The debate in the United States has shifted because NATO ruled out direct intervention in Ukraine to providing Ukraine with uh, unmanned aerial vehicles or drones uh, jet fighters that are compatible with the Ukrainian Air Force, such as MiGs, which apparently even the United States seems to have some. Uh, Poland, I know, has about 27 to 28 of them that are mm. serviceable immediately and that can be flown also immediately by Ukrainian pilots. I mean, from your perspective, and I know, you know you're a community organizer and not a kind of military guy, but what is it that Ukraine needs the most now from the West in order to defend itself, if not possibly win the war? If so, if you we are not talking about no fly zone, right? Right, that seems to have been completely taken off the table by NATO in no uncertain terms. Okay, because I was hoping actually, you know, that uh, the polls shows that uh, 74 percent of Americans they support uh, of no fly zone. Uh, yeah, 
But the fear by uh, among, well, everyone in Washington in positions of government is that a no-fly zone means the U.S. and NATO goes to war with Russia, because it means direct engagement with Russian aircraft, with Russian air defense systems, soldiers on the ground. But the next best thing, at least as Zelensky has put it in this recent, just today, he had a Zoom conference with a bunch of U.S. senators is fine. If you don't give us a no-fly zone, at least give us air defense systems so we can defend ourselves from incoming Iskander missiles, from uh, Russian warplanes, uh, and, and from these rockets that are raining down on Kharkiv and, Ky- and Kyiv. So, I mean, you know, is, do you think, let me put it to you in a different way. Do you think that if, if Ukraine were armed with everything that it requires or that everything it's, it's requesting, that it can win this war, that it can defeat Russia and drive it out of the country? For sure, like I support this point that uh, at least, at least, if we are not talking about uh, like no fly zone, but I suppose this decision all, uh, also will not, it, it will only postpone big war between, you know, West and Russia, but mm. still, okay, if you're talking about this, like current moment, uh, we need air, anti-aircraft systems, yeah, we, we, we are totally, like, I suppose Ukrainians show, Ukraine shown that, that we are totally available to to defend ourselves yeah yeah even with the army uh, which was like second uh, army by, by strength yeah by different rankings and uh we are like so motivated maybe sometimes not so well organized but but we are super, super motivated to 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 pursue our goals to defend ourselves so and yeah like we are super, quite vulnerable for uh, the rocket rocket strikes uh, Russia already uh, striked yeah about like 500 missiles uh, on Ukrainian territory, so we we need but we but we need to, to do it fastly yeah and I suppose even now we, we already have uh, some Ukraine uh, like has uh, experienced uh, like so let's say operators of such systems yeah but yeah. But we need we need to 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 take the actions like right now because uh, we didn't know what Russia could do next. I maybe the fate of chemical weapons, you know, which they already used in in Syria. Right. Because if NATO uh, does not intervene, it's also uh, actually provoke Putin to 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 make some next next steps, and he's totally unaccountable. He's not accountable for his, his citizens. He's not accountable for international community. So we can just only, uh, I don't know, consider yeah. what, what he can do. And uh, anti-aircraft stuff is, uh, is essential for this and not for, for regular missiles. It's also about chemical weapons, everything which, what could be spread from, from the sky. Yeah, we, we can keep ground for sure, uh, but we for sure need, you know, uh, better protection for, from, from, from the sky. Yeah. Pavel, let me let me ask you. I mean, uh, Westerners are kind of looking on in horror at what what is taking place in Ukraine, and and I think a lot of people they have a hard time imagining being in your circumstances right now. I mean, you're talking to me from what I guess is your apartment in Kiev. I mean, what is what is your daily and nightly routine, and what has it been for the last ten days or so? I mean, tonight you said you expect heavy bombardment. I mean, where will you go? Will you go to the basement of your apartment? Is there a kind of bunker that you can hide in to protect yourself in case civilian infrastructure is hit by, by Russian bombardment? Actually, we'll see. We try to be as, flexi- uh, as flexible as possible hmm. because, you know, at one point, so we now currently, like, we are in our apartment with uh, some volunteering team 
but you know a lot of shelters are not so good not so good in a physical way not so good in mental way also like we don't know we should not forget about covid and not you know uh, so we try to find some uh some optimal uh, solution for it and also in case of we will if you will recognize that russians are Mm, are successful in terms to to be to become like closer for to Kiev center. We also will need change our location. Not spend some time in, in shelter. Maybe we will uh, change our location to some other neighborhood, which for me is actually is quite painful stuff because I live on all, all my life in neighborhood and you know even with uh, when war started I I, I didn't uh, you know live it. Yeah. Uh, and because it's not only about me, it's not only about territory. It's about you know, it's it's about social relationship between among all people who live sure. around. And, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We will. We will. We will wait first. First step, because like we have some like now small like distance between, because Abalon and we are not totally on the north side. We we are kind of uh, a bit on north. From very very center, but still quite close to like government, government blocks, government um, like quartal block. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what? Let yeah. me ask you something. What What did you do before the war? What were you in your ordinary life? So I, I earned money. I my 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 main occupation was real estate broker. You're a real estate broker, and now yeah. you're running community organizing for a deal why my community organizing it was my volunteering stuff since my yeah. dance so actually even like yeah i called the current current events like you know my dance 3.0 it's a uh, and it's it's a uh, continuity it's uh, of anti anti anti-colony war actually mm. because you know like moscow is our like former metropolis of russian empire and they try to reunite their like fans and so on so it's all like it's it's about anti-colonial stuff, not and not 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 ethnical, not I don't know that all yeah. which Putin says. Yeah, this is an empire, and they try, you know, there is no other sense for them except you know gathering lands without providing any I don't know happiness for for the inhabitants or something. It just I don't know it's some very instinctive animal instinct to get as much as possible without any sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said earlier, you know, Putin will, will not stop at Ukraine, that he's this is just a prelude to a, a, a bigger confrontation that's coming with the West. I mean, you know, a lot of people in America are very worried about him possibly using nuclear weapons. They're worried about, you know, I mean, President Biden last week said that it looks like Putin is looking to, to resurrect the Soviet empire, which would mean obviously going to war with countries that are now part of the European Union, now part of NATO. Since this war broke out, you've seen Finland, Sweden uh, make serious overtures to join NATO, uh, Kosovo, Georgia, which is essentially run by a pro-Kremlin politician or political party, uh, has said that it wants to join the European Union. He seems to have united the West into just rediscovering its kind of uh, self-identity and its confidence in, in one way. But Ukraine has to be sacrificed in order for this to be achieved. Or, or so it seems. I mean, we, we, we did not do enough, a lot of people will tell you, even Americans, to protect Ukraine from exactly this kind of contingency um, in terms of arming you properly, giving you the kind of weaponry, the air defense systems that you will have needed to try and stop this, this, this onslaught. I mean, do you see Putin? I mean, well, first of all, do you think he's going to win in Ukraine? And if, if he does, 
where will he try to strike next from your perspective? Uh, you know, I'm still like a bit optimistic about Ukrainians, about their like security is like super like on a, on a very high level. But still, like Russia has a, a lot of advantages. Like first of all, it's like like multiple multiple times more than just just more than Ukraine in terms of population, in terms of like just army which they can bring. Uh, I don't know, like how, how will end story with uh, ODKB, You know, all that union of uh, yeah. of common security, blah blah blah. I, I hope they will be afraid of sanctions. At least Kazakhstan. Uh, and uh, about like Putin, uh, in my opinion, it just absolutely antagonism of all Western values. Yeah, so it will be only question of time uh, if he will, let's say, invade Ukraine and West will try to get some polls. But you know, also in his that paper and his uh, which in his was which he offered. To for, for for states to sign, yeah, that to, to it was not only about Ukraine. It was all about all like countries which joined NATO after 1997. Right. So it's uh, much more. It's, it's so it's a lot of countries of, of NATO by itself and in European of European Union too. So uh, in my opinion, it's only a question of time because mm. you know it's not first conflict. You know, it's not first war which Russia started. Yeah, it was right. Georgia. It was uh, transistor, it was Moldova in 1993, yeah. It was Crimea and West just trying, you know, is there, is there such there is such kind of game in, in Ukraine which called uh, hot potato. And right. so it's like we have that politicians. too. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And politicians they, they have like at least okay, they have like two terms. Uh, you know, uh, let's say if, if we are talking like, talking about like government or presidency <coughs> office like two two terms and they just try to you know like put the hot potato right. to someone else and and they suppose it's it's honestly it's uh, quite sad that Biden's administration which already had experience with the Crimea and they also try to you know create a picture that okay we support Ukraine we give them like a weapon blah 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 but you know okay it, it helps a lot yeah thanks but still if we are talking about like final results it's like it looks not so nice oh, so yeah yeah um and let me ask you this i mean if if the russians do push into kiev i mean you said that you have a weapon you will defend but i mean do you have a, a, a an escape plan a plan of evacuation i mean you know if, if things get really bad do you will you go west or do you plan to just stay till the very end i suppose like currently we're thinking to stay until very end yeah yeah because i, I suppose this this war every war starts in in the head in the mind and it it could be one in mind so and only with such mindset, you know, kind of real samurai, so to say, we, we can win this game. Because without, if we don't have, if we if we would have other attitude, it could be not so, you know, not so good for us. Yeah. Uh, still, yeah, we are flexible. We are not, you know, not fearless, not totally fearless, not not mad. Uh, but really, like. How long, you know, the shit could like repeat again and again? Yeah. Right. We lost like Crimea, 
and 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 really like 300 like years of ukrainian russian history you know like so like previous generation were fighting why we not why we should retreat yeah so you 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 would plan to die in kiev if you needed to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my all my family like really we, we had plenty of options to leave we have like plenty of invitations from half of the world but really like we cannot you know leave all the time of of because it's it's nonsense and and i'm sure really if we will let's say well all of us will fled to to european union it will just continue but russia will get advantage from you know from ukrainian land from ukrainian resource and some people who uh, stay here and uh, yeah i'm sure glad and for the sanctions and russia now looks like uh sit sit into you know time machine and went to medieval age mm. we need to sometime uh to 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 keep like to keep as and uh we need to sometimes it works sanctions uh like provide some effect um but still uh i also i i don't know we don't have you know clear data about russia because it's like totally like corrupted and uh, unaccountable so I don't know how how uh, not sustainable, but how how strong it is in terms of distance and how strong elites are there. Maybe like somebody will you know kick Putin with a brick uh, from the back, of, let's say. But uh... well, I can look. I can tell you, you know, a lot of people in the United States uh, who were predicting Kiev to fall in three days or less, um, 30, 30 minutes before all Ukrainian command and control and airspace was just gone, um, are surprised at how badly the Russian war has gone, not just in terms of logistics, but at the tactical level, utter confusion, trucks, tanks, BTRs, armored vehicles breaking down, tires stuck in the mud now. Um, and, it, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday who said, um, you know, well, we were we were agreeing about the, the fact that for 22 years, every state institution in Russia has been rotted out from within due to corruption, inefficiency, you know, backwardness, people stealing money. How could it be that the Russian military would somehow be immune to this nationwide pathology? So in a way, what we're seeing unfold is not all that surprising, surprising given that every other Russian state agency or institution has succumbed to the same kind of not, not even malaise, but just de deficiency. So I, you know, I, I mean, I think there's a combination here of Ukrainian resistance and resolve, which a lot of people did not foresee. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in that I've been traveling to Ukraine for eight years, at least once or twice a year. And, you know, I had to kind of check my own kind of mental register about Am I just being fed full of propaganda? The Ukrainians say that they will all arm, they will all fight to the last man, and they will resist, and they will not be defeated. It's proving to be true. It's not propaganda. It's the reality, combined with the fact that Russia is, I mean, this, this all looks like, uh, you know, Potemkin theater, this great, bright, shiny new army that uh, Defense Minister Shaigu was, uh, was constructing over the last several years. So, Look, I mean, I think in the West, a lot of people are absolutely amazed at how incredible it's been so far. You know, the, the, the inspiration of the Ukrainian people, of the political leadership. But they're also very fearful that, you know, it's not over yet and things will get worse. I mean, Putin, as you say, he's, he's a madman in many respects. And if he's going to burn cities to the ground just to make his point or just to show that he can't be beaten, 
nobody can discount that as a as a potential option, right? Um, but also the question for the West, you know, if if they are really fear of Russian and uh, of, of of Russia and uh, of nuclear strike, Russia now weak as never. And I suppose now is the best moment to intervene somehow. Mm. No, because let's let's because uh, at some point Russia because it's like bigger, like have a plenty of resources. Okay, I hope. Europeans uh, and Germany will not buy at least now the like, gas, and then they will like really uh, work out on on a, on a changing their like supply chains from natural gas and oils and on. But still, uh, you know, if, if if you're talking about like global, like global problem uh, which called Russia, yeah, global like disease, uh, now is the best moment to to do something. Because otherwise it will be, you know, North Korea, like about multiply on, on, on 100, like in 100 bigger than North Korea with a, a lot of unaccountable, I don't know, one state, maybe many states with a nuclear stuff. But now while it's still centralized, maybe it's easier to, you know, to, to, to do something with this. Because they just, could you imagine like Kadyrov with nuclear weapon? It will be, just, you know, just, it will be like real mess. Uh, so yeah, for sure. I don't know all this technological stuff, but we we'll see that really Russia is uh, in, even in terms of military equipment, it's not so not so strong, not so. So and I suppose yeah, for sure there is some risks, but I suppose like West could consider some like global strategy how to how to do with all with all of this and the uh, denuclear how the Let's say uh, somehow somehow deal with this in in smart way with with yeah. nuclear stuff because it will it will be like forever playing this for for planet. Yeah, listen, Pablo. I know um, you're incredibly busy, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, to talk to us. Um, we're gonna post this straight away. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, all the podcast interviews I'm doing from people or with people from Ukraine now. Uh, it's combined with video. And I should also add, uh, just to tell my audience, um, the producer for this show, Yana, uh, lives in a village north of Kiev. Um, she's an incredible woman. Uh, she's a cancer patient. And she is still producing this show from Ukraine under a state of war. Um, I've been reluctant to mention that fact up until now, but I think everybody should know that um, this is the people, this is the country that the world has now opened its eyes to pay attention to. And, you know, I mean, we wish you, I, I certainly wish you the best of luck. Um, thank you. Thank you. And stay safe. And I hope we can, uh, we can speak again soon. Uh, yeah. Safety is under question, but all others is it? Okay. <laughs> we'll okay. Well, thank you so much, Pablo. Um, Welcome. This is Michael Weiss. You've been listening to foreign office. Uh, and my guest today uh, is uh, Pav Pavlo uh, Kaliuk. He is the community organizer for Padil, uh, a very famous um, neighborhood in Ukraine. Uh, and he's coming to us, or he was coming to us live from Kiev. We'll, we will see you next time. Thanks very much. See you, bye-bye.